The Accidental Entrepreneur is brought to you with the help of our sponsor, A. Weber, the world's leading small business email marketing and automation service provider. Since 1998, A. Weber has helped more than 1 million small businesses and entrepreneurs through its suite of web-based email marketing, automation tools, and education. A. Weber, the best option when it comes to marketing your business. The podcast is also brought to you by the Alternative Board. Since 1989, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has been one of the leading peer advisory and business coaching organizations for independent business owners and CEOs across the world. By facilitating peer advisory boards, private one-on-one coaching, and strategic planning services, TAB helps business owners improve their businesses in ways that change their lives. And be sure to check out our affiliate sponsor, One of One Productions, the New Jersey-based podcast studio that produces and edits both audio and video podcasts. They sell equipment for the avid podcaster and have even created a guesting kit exclusively for our listeners. And be sure to support the podcast by ordering some logo merchandise from our online store. Listen to all of our sponsors' commercials later in this episode and follow their links in the show notes to learn more about their products and services. I walked into homes that had were missing. They were all pier and beam construction, which okay. is the cinder block houses you see. Oh, got it. Okay. And there would be holes in the floor where this woman told me, this is Texas, by the way. Okay. That's why I love Texas so much. It's like another country this, sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah. This woman looked me in the face and she said, you see that hole over there? I can't keep food in this house because the raccoons will come through the hole in that floor and eat all my, my food. You're kidding. So I have to buy food every day. So as soon as she's out of the house, they would come in and eat the food. Yeah. Yeah. She was living for God knows how long with raccoons coming through the floor of your house, right? Eating your food. Now I have three animals eat up all the food in my house, but I, they're my kids, you know? So they were looking for home equity lines of credit that they could take the equity out and here's their home. Here's the genius. So I would do a title one loan, right? I had a buddy of mine, Glenn Fountain. He did construction. So I brought him in. I said, hey, Glenn, what would it take? We got a crew of guys that would go around the neighborhood. We would do a Title I loan. And on my payroll was a uh, FHA inspector. And he would give me a list of everything that needed to be done to this house to get an FHA loan. Got it. So we would get a Title I loan, right? Hard money loan. They would give me the money to fix the house. I would then roll that into what they owed on the house, lower their interest rates enough that they were paying less money and had a finished house. Well, that's great stuff. American dream. It worked like a charm until, and here's another lesson. (laughs) Here's another lesson. Okay. When money is raining on you, yeah. and I mean you are up to your neck in money that you did not even earn, right? do not be greedy. Yeah, because it'll all come back to bite you in the end. Enjoy the shower, right? but whatever you do, do not be greedy. Right, don't keep taking it. Okay, welcome back to the show. we got another great episode, another great guest. You're all going to meet Wayne in a moment, hear about all of his businesses. He's a vet, so I thank him for his service. Uh, If you are listening on your favorite directory and you can leave us a review, please leave us a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can like us, subscribe, ring some bells, scream, yell, whatever you want to do just to support us so we can keep bringing really great guests like Wayne today. So let me get on with today's credits and we'll uh, meet Wayne in a moment. The information provided in these episodes is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a guarantee of success or to be construed as advice of any kind. You should always seek advice from local licensed professionals before making any decisions. The dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. People often start a business without much choice, perhaps due to a job loss or just being dissatisfied at work, and they come up with an idea they just know can be successful. They become entrepreneurs by accident. That is to say their success or failure happens by accident, not with intention. My name is Mitch Beinhacker. I'm a corporate attorney and a business advisor. You're listening to The Accidental Entrepreneur, my podcast about how to achieve success on purpose, not by accident. Join me along with our monthly guests where we share our knowledge and help you get a hold of your business. And now on to today's episode. 
Hello, I'm Wayne Altman, and I'm here to talk about entrepreneurship. I'm founder of Melody Clouds and 14 other businesses I'm sure we'll talk about today. All right. So Wayne Altman. I, I like your name, Wayne, because it's easy to pronounce. I had a guy in this morning, I couldn't even pronounce his name, but I have fine <laughs> hacker. So people may have trouble with that. So I shouldn't complain, but I appreciate joining me. You are where in Texas, California? I'm in California right now. Yeah, got it. California. Got it. Got it. So it's Rancho like Cucamonga, California. So it's like noon there. 12 o'clock. It is three. noon here. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Very good. I guess the weather's better than it is here. Well, it, I mean, look, our weather has been, I mean, crazy for the past few months. Yeah. I mean, it's been nuts. Nuts. I, know. I moved here because I don't like weather. Yeah, and you got it all. So they better shape up or I'm out of here. I know. New Jersey's gone the other way. We have no weather. Now we have no snow. Everything's mild. It doesn't change. Yeah, that, that's my jam right yeah, there. So I, I, I am perfectly happy with one season. Right. And that can maintain, you know, go for the rest of my life. Well, Wayne, I do thank you for coming on. I mentioned before that you're a vet, so thank you very much for your service. And we're going to talk about business and entrepreneurship today and all the stuff that you do. Uh, I think you told me, and I think it's in your bio, right, that you were either either grew up in Texas and re- you were either born in California and raised in Texas or the opposite of those two, yeah. right? No, that's the one right okay, there. Okay, good. I, I was born in California. My third birthday, my parents gifted me with the greatest gift you could give your kid, and that is pick them up and move them to Texas. <laughs> it, they will never beat that out of me. Right. I mean, I, I came back by – you talk about accident. Yeah. I came back to California by accident, really, and then my staying in California was by accident. Got it. Got um, it. All right, good. So maybe we could go back then, not as far back as when you were three, but – Sure. You know, your yeah. background and, you know, what you did after the military and how you got into business. Cause I know you mm-hmm. sold something like 12, 14 businesses or have run 14 businesses or whatever. Plus, Melody Clouds, we're doing is so maybe we can run through that whole thing and people learn a lot of yeah, for sure. lessons that you learned over the years. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, that was that's- Started day one. What was the first business that you got involved with and how did you do it? So the. You know, it's funny. The first business I ever opened, I was watching an Oprah Winfrey special on entrepreneurs. Okay. And it was uh, it was very funny. The person that they had on there was a couple, and they ran a business uh, in uh, hazardous material cleanup. Okay. M- meaning they would go in and clean up after someone. Like a serve pro, pure clean type of company, right? Yep. And my best friend, his father owned Southern Janitorial. Oh, and I thought, okay. man, I got an in on this. I, so I went and gave him a list of he or had him make me a list of everything that I would need to go in and clean up after you know accidents or things like right. that. So you figured you had a customer already you could start with. The first thing I did was I needed to know, hey, what do I have to do in order to make this work? Is this a viable thing around where I live? Because okay. I wasn't aware of anything around where I live that would help people. Okay, like that. So Daryl made a list of everything, all the, we got plenty of fluids and things on our body and we'll talk about that, but you know, he, he gave me a list of everything I would need and I carried around this freaking huge, uh, toolkit full of all these cleaners. Yeah. And then I made cards and I passed them out to all the police officers and they were very happy to give my cards to people so they didn't have to clean up after their relative. Those their, mostly you know, when relatives died is what it was. Yeah. And of course. all of the fluids in your body basically drain out when you die. Oh my God. I've got some stories, man. It was the <laughs> worst. It was the best business. Right. Very profitable. The most but it, I job, ran into right? some really bad stuff. I yeah. imagine. Oh, you got to think ahead when you open a business. Yeah. You got to think ahead. Okay, do I really want to do this business? <laughs> right. How old were you at this point? I was. I just gotten out of the army. Okay. So I went to cooking school, uh, army. I was 24, 25 years You're old young. when I. Okay. Look, I, I'm not somebody that is. I can't work for other people very well. <laughs> Right. I can tell. You know what I mean? There's a lot of us out there. You're free. A lot of people. Right. If you know that you can't work for other people very well, if you always see a better way of doing something, don't work for other people. What are you doing? Right. Because it's going to be more frustrating for you and the guy you're working for. And the guy you're working for. Right. I will point out that when this country was founded, 10%. 10% of the population worked for other people. 90% had their own businesses. Like whether, whether they were 
blacksmiths, farmers, whether they were a blacksmith, farmer, DARPA, whatever it was, whatever we did, right? Trapper, you know, hunter, whatever. In 1986, there was a a thing of a little blip on the news that that number had switched. So it was 10 people, 10% of the people worked for themselves. 90% worked for other people. Now we have companies and industry and it was, it was, it was different, but I bet you and a huge population, right? right, Big shift back though, since the pandemic, people are doing their own thing. Now they can, they got zoom They're It's going back the other way. Yeah. Mitch, it's going back the other way. We've made it so easy now for people to open a business and, and basically fail their way, you know, to success. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I agree. I was just talking to somebody the other day and they was like, yeah, I worked for a while in corporate and I just couldn't deal with the fact that every time you wanted to get something done, you had to have four meetings and 26 calls and right. put in this request and then you wait and it was too late by the time you got the the idea. So you never, did you ever work for anybody? You came out of the military. Oh, I've worked for tons of people. Oh, okay. But briefly. Right. The pandemic was the last time. Well, I mean, seriously, yeah. you know, and I, I don't, I, it's, it's not, it's neither a badge of honor to me, right? It, but it's definitely not. Go ahead. Take your best shot. Right. Of you know course. what I mean? Well, you, you know, you have an outgoing personality. You're very, you got a lot of energy to yeah. I'm sure you attract people or be like, you know what? I want Wayne to work for my company. And then every once in a while you fall into the trap that goes, all right, I'll come work for you. And then you're like, what am I doing? I've done that before. I'm, a, I'm I, my, my wife is everybody loves my wife, right? Everybody loves my wife. My wife's great. I'm at about 70, 30, <laughs> 70% of people do not like my energy. They do not like the way I, you know, right. And yeah. yeah. I overwhelm them. I'm on, I'm like, I have a bee. That's so funny. It's not a problem. You got to know yourself. 30% of people love me, man. I'm surprised. They 70, 30. I would think it'd be 70 the other way. No, it's a rough estimate. I'm just saying <laughs> it feels like it. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. And I got, we have three daughters and two of them are 70 thirties. And one of them, my youngest is everybody loves me. There you go. And she goes through life, you know, and everyone loves her. Right. So some people, just hey, look, man. she's gonna have a lot less stress. In life, just take it. Looks like it. It looks like it. My wife has a lot less stress. So you're 25. You didn't really have a lot of business skills, although you did have military training and this and that. What what happened with that business? How did you get it started? How well did it do? What did you learn? I I very quickly realized that scrubbing up after people, their various, you know, and especially when you've they haven't been found for a few days. Oh, that's the worst. Right. I very quickly realized, okay, and you you want to scale. You you're always looking to scale. So here's what I did. I came home from you know partying with some friends one night, and it was late. And I looked across the street. I was in Houston, Texas at the time. Got it. And directly across from my apartment was Rose Hospital. Okay. And I saw the shift change at Rose Hospital with all the orderlies. And a light bulb. It's like the middle of the night, head. right? What's that? It's like the middle of the night. Yeah, it's the middle of the night. Yeah, it's right. like three, three o'clock in the morning. Right. And a light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, oh my God, these guys, I wonder how much they make. But I because I bet you Rose Hospital isn't going to pay their orderlies because that's who was coming out of there. Right. You could tell who they weren't wasn't doctors. Right. You could see the people coming out of there. Yeah. I, I wonder how much they get paid. And I bet so. Look, I didn't even get out of my clothes. You know what I mean? I ran directly across there. I met with a couple of the guys. I said, hey, how much do you make? Well, we make about $18 an hour, which was pretty good wage at the time. Yeah. I said, hey, what? I'll give you 25 Come to work for me. And it'll be a part-time gig to start with, but it'll quickly, I'm going to scale this quick enough that it'll be, you know, it'll be just fine. Okay. And it did. And, and we killed it. And they were Our happy because year, they're doing it. still disgusting things, but they're getting paid a lot more money. Yeah, and and they're used to it. Right. They knew how to be – look, they'd already been through all the – someone else trained yeah, them in trained how to handle that. all that. Sure. I didn't have to worry it about it, lucky buddy. that you lived across the street from Rose Hospital? You know, exactly. You're ta- <laughs> you talk about accidents. Yeah. No, you talk about accidents. Happens you know, these- no question about it. It happens all the time. Yeah. It's how you react to those. Right. You things. recognize the opportunity. Right. Yeah. You got to be awake. Yep. You got to be looking. You got to be awake to your surroundings. Yeah. And n- n- the second thing I learned about that was you cannot go into it. You have to be altruistic. In other words, look, 
I couldn't go in there and, oh, okay, and this guy blurted out 18 bucks an hour. Right. I could have said, well, look, you, you know, you, you have a few more hours. That day. You know what I mean? Right. But I went big. I said, hey, look, I give you 25. I really want to help you with their situation. There wasn't one of the people that I talked to that turned me down. Now, you knew 25 you could make money at that point? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. Because I knew that I could adjust my prices to meet that. Right, because you were in a marketplace where people are like, please get this body out of my house. Please, it's grandma not, is laying in the kitchen. Right. We're not going to stop around. Do it. Right. Right, right. <laughs> I had it's people. A good business. It's a good business. People can't change right? the price. Right. It was amazing. And, and I had people, I had people that would thank me. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you're, by the way, dealing. this is a hard really, time for them. Know, Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing you're doing something for someone that they really don't have any business doing. Right. And emotionally they can't even do. Come on. I mean, I'm, I'm you're better than the funeral children. home. The funeral home, you could still yeah. shop around. The guy's dead. Where's he gonna go? But this thing is in this body's in the house draining liquids and they need to get it out. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta go right now. Yep. Yep. And you it's also something that you can't shop around with a whole lot because right. You know what I mean? They just remove grandma. They take the body. Yeah, but you didn't other than that. that. They didn't do the cleanup. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Okay. All right. So you're 25. So small town, small town in Texas. Okay. Very quickly, word got around that this is what I was doing. They I started getting business from everywhere, not just that kind of cleanup, too, by the way. Right. People were so like, oh, other, you do this. We have this problem. So yep, back up. Grocery stores would have me come in. Got it. it grew very, very quickly. Great. Okay. Yeah. And then I started um, mortgage, a midway mortgage, a mortgage company. Brokering, brokering mortgages. You didn't originate your loan. Yes. What happened, basically what happens, a long story, but what happened was I met someone, they knew that I had this interest in credit and finance. Um, I, I learned, um, I lobbied the state of Texas for home equity lending. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's the only time my father and I ever went you know, sideways on something. <laughs> he was very against it. And I was like, Hey, look, you, you know, you, you own a car and you just drive it. You're not using the trunk space. Right. You need to start, you know, so Texas you need didn't to allow home equity loans. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Home equity loans, lines of credit, that kind of stuff in Texas at the time, you could not borrow against a home. They were all homesteaded. Wow. And so, um, we, we changed those laws and now people can use, their home for more they can educate their children weddings right, whatever what, you know it's equity to, yeah pro to protect their investment when you're standing on it yeah 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 so that went on for a while and when i i still own midway and my grandfather passed away in california uh, and i went to the funeral my mom and dad and i went to the funeral my grandma was very upset obviously they've been married for 60 years and uh, she made a comment, you know, she didn't know what she was going to do. Right. I was single. Um, I said, you know what? I'm going to sell the mortgage company. You had already uh, sold the cleanup company at this point? Yeah, at that point. Yeah, I had already. Yep, yep. Got yep. it. To, to, to the first guy that I talked to uh, at Rose Hospital. The oh, first guy that boy, I approached with this. Yes, he's now working for me and, and got him out of that job. He's now a business owner. I think he's still a business owner. This is... You know, 20 yeah. some years ago. Yeah, he changed his life. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So that this is also something that you need to start paying attention to. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can affect people's lives on a core level if you give them the tools and help them and be an example to them um, in, in, in doing your own thing and really love what you're doing. Right. Who was the who's the sales trainer who said if you you can have anything you want in life if you just help enough other people get what they what want they or want. need, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tom Hopkins, Zig Ziglar, one of those guys. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. And it's totally it's totally true. Look, right right now as we sit, most of my job is service to other people. That's what Melody Clouds is really all about. Okay. When people find out what I charge for this service, they, they freak. They they cannot believe that I can do what I'm doing at the price point that I'm doing it. And that's part of the thing, you know, Got but it. anyway, okay. so, but you could, um, couldn't you have kept the mortgage company in Texas and opened a second office in California. 
Well, actually, no, because what I, and this is a very big lesson for me. So I had hooked up with someone who had built in Texas. Mm -hmm. You could build a home to 80%, bring someone in at no down payment and use the 20% as sweat equity. So that what you would normally What's that? You didn't have to put cat hard cash. No, yeah, right. You, these are the, the and these are homes that look like it too. Right. So the opportunity was I would go in and Mitch, I would have to go in these neighborhoods at 30 in the morning. Why? Because people would be waiting outside their home with their documents in their hand, waiting to see me. Really? Yes, I had ladies cooking breakfast for their husbands would run out as I drove by and hand me 1003s and pay stubs and beg me, please begging me, please help us with this house. I walked into homes that had, were missing. They were all pier and beam construction, which is the cinder block houses you see. Oh, got it. Okay. And there would be holes in the floor where this woman told me, this is Texas, by the way, okay? That's why I love Texas so much. It's like another country sometimes, you know? (laughs) Yeah. This woman looked me in the face and she said, you see that hole over there? I can't keep food in this house because the raccoons will come through the hole in that floor and eat all my my food. You're kidding. So I have to buy food every day. So as soon as she's out of the house, they would come in and eat the food. Yeah. Yeah. She was living for God knows how long with raccoons coming through the floor of your house, right? Eating your food. Now I have three animals eat up all the food in my house, but I, they're my kids, you know? So they were looking for home equity lines of credit that they could take the equity out and here's their home. Here's the genius. So I would do a title one loan, right? I had a buddy of mine, Glenn Fountain. He did construction. So I brought him in. I said, Hey Glenn, what would it take? We got a crew of guys that would go around the neighborhood we would do a Title I loan, and on my payroll was a uh, FHA inspector. And he would give me a list of everything that needed to be done to this house to get an FHA loan. Got it. So we would get a Title I loan, right? Hard money loan. They would give me the money to fix the house. I would then roll that into what they owed on the house, lower their interest rates enough that they were paying less money and had a finished house. Well, that's great stuff. American dream. It worked like a charm until, and here's another lesson. (laughs) Here's another lesson. Okay. When money is raining on you, and I mean you are up to your neck in money that you did not even earn, do not be greedy. Yeah, because it'll all come back to bite you in the end. Enjoy the shower. Right. But whatever you do, do not be greedy. Right. Don't keep taking it. The owner of those homes, and there were neighborhoods all over this part of Texas that this guy did this with. Got it. Came into my office one day with his wife. And I had a check from the title company sitting on my desk. Okay. And he goes, Who's, whose money is that? And I said, that's, that's my money. That money is, has my name on it. That's my money. Well, he saw the size of the check and look, I I was, look, I was making money. Right. But he was getting back every dime that these people owed him, by the way, dollar for dollar. He was the hard money guy. He was the guy that had built all of these homes and needed someone to cash him out. Got it. And I found the hard money guy. Got it. So I, I, I said, hey, none of this money is yours. You need to keep your eyes where it matters. Right. Ask your wife. She handles your books. Trust me. This is, you know, we we got you covered. Anyway, long story short, he boots me out of my own office. He had, I was using one of his houses as an office. I grab all of my paperwork and he boots me out. He's going to do it himself. So he basically threw you out of your own company. Yep. The state of Texas ended up convicting this guy. Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. My, my mother, my mother gets a phone call. That's another lesson. My mother gets a phone call from the Texas attorney general right. office. asking, and I, I made a, I made a photocopy of every loan we did. And he, I made him call my mother 
and tell her that I, I, he goes, look, man, you kept great records. This is all, this is perfectly legit. I'm right. sorry to bother you, but you've given us a lot of evidence of this guy. Right. I said, now you're going to call my mother back. You're going to call my mom and tell her what you just told me. And he did. He did it. Okay. He's like, hey, like, sorry to scare you. Mean, Your son is, is all- a great businessman. Yeah, right. This is all like Wayne's yeah. tied up into something. She wasn't. Yeah. So getting out of Texas. <laughs> I just good. gotten out of the Army. I just gotten out of the Army a few years ago. Yeah. Everything would been had been going great. And here's less, here's another lesson my father said. Because with me, he would say, Wayne, you know, your brothers, they've got jobs. Your sister, she's got a job. With you, it's chicken one day, feathers the next. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're eating, you know, chicken one day, but you're sucking the feathers the next. Yeah. And, Feast and I snack, kind of right? like that high wire. You do? Uh, I do. Yeah. I do. Now, it's not, look, he didn't get a chance to see what happens after all that. Right. He just saw the feast and famine part of it. Yeah. Right. And, and certainly, I've never met anybody that was running businesses and doing it, you know, Correctly, in my view, there, you know what I mean, that uh, um, did not have that period of time. Yeah, of course. So he did see that. That is something that he saw. I have plenty of friends whose parents never really saw them become successful, and they're very successful now. You know, yeah. Yeah. So so that brought you to California, and you're like, well, it's a good time to get out of Texas anyway, with all the stuff going on. Yeah. Look, look, look. I sold sold the, the loans that we did, sold that company. I moved to California, started calling bingo for my grandmother. It was a great time for us. You know, I didn't grow up, you know, with her, but, you know, as an adult, you know, uh, and helping her through that period of time, we had a lot of fun. I, I spent a lot of time at the beach. I went to work for AmeriQuest. They, it was like a midlife you know, retirement kind of. You're kind of working, kind of doing this. You're cash. Yeah, I had some money in the bank. Yeah. I'm working for AmeriQuest. I'm right. helping them. I'm teaching, you know. And then I met my wife. Okay. We started having kids. Right. That'll do know, it. About the time I wanted to go back to Texas. Okay. And uh, I wrote uh, six books. Six. I had trouble yep. getting one out. It's coming out soon. Oh my gosh. And I needed help. I had a co-author. My first book I wrote was called Credit 101. Okay. And I vanity published it. I knew that a publisher is not, I'm not Stephen King here. Okay. Right. I'm going to need, I'm going to need to publish this book on my own. And by the way, it's, that's part of my entrepreneurial spirit. Right. I don't want to see someone else reaping the benefit of what I've done. So you self-published the book. Self-published first book cost me ten thousand dollars to do. Yeah, because it's not like today where you can get an on-demand type of publisher and you don't have to put. It was in, kind know. of th- that way, right? But mm-hmm. but I, I I'm a sucker too. You know, I've been known <laughs> to uh, look, man. I've been known. To, I I'll give you what I think you're worth. Okay, we're not going to argue over that. So guess how much money I made my first book? I would think profit. Yeah. Nothing. Not a damn thing. <laughs> Goose egg. I right. mean, I bolo. Like a calling Ten card. Grand out. Right. Look, to most people, that's life-changing money. That, that was to me. Yeah. My wife looked at me like, wait a minute. Yeah. Who loses 10 grand on something like that? Right. I said, you know what? I dusted myself off. Well, so you didn't even make happened. back the money you put in and break even? You no. lost. Nobody bought the book? I made zero money. Zero dollars. Nobody bought it? Nothing. <laughs> eventually, 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 to be fair, eventually they did mortgage companies around Southern California did start using that. Here's my mistake. This took a little while. <clears throat> it did. It, here's my mistake. I wrote Credit 101 as a textbook for loan officers to teach them how to read a credit report. Okay. That's not what was needed. Uh, okay. Know your market. Got to know your market. You got to know who your audience is. You got to know who's going to read this thing. And you got to present it to them in a way that's palatable. And that wasn't it. Right. So I've dusted myself off. I said, don't worry. I'm I'm not this. It's meeting with a little bit of success in the mortgage um, community, helping loan officers actually learn how to read a credit report. Right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write Mortgage 101. Okay. Because what I've noticed now is you can read a credit report, but you don't know what product to put your customer in. Okay. Not everybody wants a four-payment option loan. Right. You know, not not everybody needs a 30-year fixed 
mortgage. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. So that was credit 101. Now you're writing mortgage 101. Now I wrote mortgage 101 okay. and it cost me. I see a theme it, here, but go ahead. Yes. It co- <laughs> well, you know what? You may know the end of the story. The, the, it cost me $8,000 to oh. publish this book. Okay. So you saved two but, right off the bat. Right? Yeah. Right. That's a $2,000 lesson. <laughs> Your boy ain't stupid. Right. It, we, there you we've go. established You're that. going in the right direction. <clears throat> How much money did I make on Mortgage 101? I hesitate to say nothing. Zero bupkis. Why would you hesitate? Why would you hesitate? Why in the who in the hell is going to buy a book yeah. on that, right? Well, and that's the thing. It's not that I don't think nobody would buy it. It's just a small audience. It's a very small, right? That's exactly right. Probably, right. A lot of these mortgage people, besides reading a credit report, they probably don't read. So that's probably a problem too. Yeah, most people are. That's not what they're interested in. Right. And you just said something. You just said something. I want to share this with your audience. This we're going to pick back up on this, but okay. I want to go over here for a second. Okay. I got uh, I was in Germany. I lived in Germany for four and a half years okay. in the army. Uh huh. And I went to the University of Heidelberg, and I took an international business course. And the professor had a German shepherd, very large German shepherd. Okay. And he would go to the front. I had to learn to speak German in order to attend these lectures. Okay. okay. And at the beginning, I put a recorder and he allowed me to record his lectures because he knew I didn't speak the language very fluently. And this was all in German? The, the cl- All in German. Yes. You never spoke yes. in German before until you went over there? Until I went there. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't know. I didn't know how to count. I, nothing. I And I learned in about six months how to co- have a conversation. That's one in of our German. largest bases in Europe in Germany, isn't it? Oh yeah. yeah. So we've got many of them. And at the time, at that, that time we had a, even more, we had tons. Okay. So he would bring this dog in every day. And one day he walks in and he puts a brown paper sack on his desk. Okay. The dog lays down by the desk and he says, how many of you in this room think that I can sell the contents of this bag for 200 marks? You didn't know what was in it. Nobody knew. It was a brown paper bag. Okay. And I raised my hand right away. Right away, raised my hand. What well, I sat in the front so I could get a good recording. So I didn't see what was going on in the back of me. Right. And there's got to be 75 people in this room. Okay. <clears throat> Your nobody, boy was the raised. only one with right. his hand raised right. because he's the moron. He, you know what I mean? <laughs> so the professor says, Herr Altman. And he says it in English. Okay. Because, and this is when I found out that everyone else in the room spoke English. Yeah, not surprising, right? Yeah. He says, Herr Altman, you think I can sell the content of this sack for 200 marks? And I said, well, I have to be honest. I don't know whether you can do it, but I know I can do it. Oh, you had a lot of balls. And the whole place came unglued. I like that. And he, he loved it, too. He said, you don't know what's in this sack. And I said, judging by the size of that dog, I think I do know what's in that sack. <laughs> I said, you have shisa in that bag. And the whole place came unglued. And the guy says, "He, my dog, right outside the, the auditorium, Hello. did his business. Yeah. And that's what's in there. I said, then I know I can sell what's in that for 200 marks. Now, 200 marks at the time was about 175 bucks. Okay. Okay. So it was, uh, or no, I'm sorry. Dog shit yeah, 200 marks was 200 marks was something like three, almost 300 bucks. Oh, okay. So he says, how, how would you do that? Right. I said, well, the first thing is I got to know my audience. I, I got to find people with garden, with a garden, because I happen to know that that particular Poop has a lot of nitrogen, a lot of right. things that people with roses really need. And, and he just threw his hands up. Right. He's like, okay, You're guess who's thinker. getting an A this semester? Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you totally understood the lesson here. Nice. Yeah. And just because the bag uh, of shit yeah. doesn't mean it's not valuable to somebody. If someone right. wants that bag of shit. Of yes, course. exactly right. right. You, ex- that is exactly right. Yeah. You, you know, there out. are piles in Texas, piles of. Uh, of that fertilizer yeah, and right, stuff. Someone is going to need that. Yep. And the more people think it's only in the rural areas, then no, that's not true. Right. The 
further you get into the city, the more you need it. Got it. Got anyway, I thought that was a funny that was anecdote. A very good story. Right? Now we're back to your second book that also didn't sell. Didn't sell Jack. Okay. Yeah. So it shows you I do actually know how to sell. Yeah. What I needed to do was remember, okay, buddy, find your audience, which right. leads me to my third book, still on Amazon right now. Okay. When bad credit happens to good people. Okay. And here's cost me nothing. Number one, it cost me zero dollars to publish that book. I got it on the KDP program, Kindle Direct Publishing. Yeah, and the people, they print it when they order it. When they order it, or not, or not. I give you a bonus if you won't ruin a tree. I love trees. If you won't ruin a tree and we'll read it on your Kindle, we'll read it on your iPad, I give you a bonus. Okay. And if you buy my book, which I'm not selling the book, but if you buy my book, every time I do an update of that book, you're going to get that update for free. So new edition, and, you send it to your yes. mailing list. One button shoots it out. It updates. I've been updating it for probably 15 years. That's the Kindle version. The Kindle and iPad version. Yeah, the electronic version gets updated. You know. Yeah. Not only that, not only that, I give you permission to give it to 10 friends. So you can give that book. You buy it. You give it to 10 people. I want that book as far and wide as it can possibly. Obviously, right. It's valuable to you. It's valuable to them. There's a lot of worksheets in there people have to buy. It was great advertising. Let me tell you something. And I hope that everyone listening to this has this moment in their life. My wife came downstairs one day to a large amount of money that wasn't in the bank account before. Right. That morning, a large amount of money. She came downstairs to find a very large amount of money, to, especially to us, uh, waiting for her. It was like uh, adult Christmas. You know what I mean? It was like <laughs> Christmas for like yeah. grown people. Right. Yeah. And she finally saw the man she married is not as dumb as he looks. <laughs> Close. Yeah. But it, you know, not so quite. Funny. I squeak her. That's so funny. So was that your third business, publishing, or no? Your your publishing books really wasn't a business for you. It was a well, I turned it into one. I did turn it into one because okay. I started playing around with doing different book covers and stuff like that. And there's, you know, you can go and buy a course to do yeah, all of this psychology kind of stuff you go, book cover, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and you change the cover on a blank book, and people buy it, and right. you know. I've done a lot of drop shipping kind of stuff. I have a, a number of drop shipping businesses right now. Okay. Um, COVID really taught me a very deep Where you basically lesson. promote the product, they buy it, and it's almost like affiliate marketing type of a thing, right? Yeah. Basically, yeah. Basically, yeah. I don't I don't have to, you know, I, I own six of, six of my businesses right now are survival stores, uh, adult uh, entertainment and toy stores, and then um, kitchen um, and betting, but you don't uh, have to take, you don't have to take possession of any inventory. People order, Never. boom, you get a check. Yeah. Right. 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 Yes. Yeah, the only way my wife would sign off on a, uh, adult toy business would be if I right. never no touched toys the in inventory. The house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I just had a, I just had a guy on my podcast, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he runs a website called Blogger Nation. And he, what he does is it, how we got started in affiliate marketing when he would find a, a product, let's say, that he thought he could sell. And he would just start writing blogs about it 20, 30, 40, yeah. 50 articles, building a mailing list. Next thing you know, he's getting a thousand bucks in, two thousand bucks in. And then apparently you can sell those things when you have enough cash flow. Yep. You know, pay yeah, 25, Flippa. 35. Flippa is a website that you would take that to to sell that. And there's tons of them up and running. Yeah, you told making me. fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a month. Right. I mean, the, the, yeah. Uh chat GPT is about to really explode if it hasn't already, really explode in that business. Uh, because you can go into chat GPT right now chat and GPT turn is the out AI thing where you can say yes. Uh, write me an article on, uh, you know, Correct. small business owners working in Texas. And then they would. Yep. Yeah. Give yeah. me 1500 words. Right. You know, give me 1500 words on survival, top 10 survival. And tips. it'll do it. Yeah. And no, it'll do it. And then you say, blog. okay. You're basically going to have a blog and you can talk to your blog and say, listen, can you uh, write an article today about this? I asked ChatGPT to write me an operating agreement, which is a, a skill. Like not everybody can operate. Yeah. Right, I'm an attorney. I've been doing this for 30. Yeah. Wayne. I think I'm going to be obsolete. I mean, this thing. I, I knew you were going to say that. Putting letters in places. It looked like my agreement. Yes. It was fascinating. Yes. 
Yeah. Let me tell you something. So Melody Clouds, yeah. I I was having this argument with a group. I, I belong to a, a group called Metal. Okay. And it's a group of men and it's uh, business leaders. Uh, there, there are some billionaires in this group. There are plenty of millionaires. And it's a really high speed group of guys. We were having this argument. They're all, a lot of them are very high on chat GPT. I am not. I am like, okay, you, this is the end of civilization. Right, exactly. Okay. You guys are, mark my All words. Your energy and creativity goes out the window. They don't need you anymore. The minute that you and I can have a battle between our algorithms, it's, we may as well just push right. the button over and over exactly. again. It's done. Yeah. We're done. But one of the things that we were talking about in this was that very that very scenario. You know, what happens when you've got two competing businesses and they get chat GPT red hot, just putting yeah, articles nothing out, but content market, on the internet. Yeah, nothing but content. That would you have, you're putting out a thousand articles a day because yeah. a human can't do that, but a, a machine could. And by the way, who's to consume that? Who's going to consume that content? Because every time I write a blog post, I have an audience of people. Every time you do one of these podcasts, right. you expect an audience of human beings, not AI. Human beings are watching us right, right now. Right, but what will happen is with that much content, the search engines will just find the content, and every person who's searching for that topic will end up at your site. You don't care if anybody's consuming the stuff. No, but you do. Yeah, you, well, do you do all because time, those awesome. algorithms written the, for search yeah. is the same problem that you have with search yeah. it, that we're now discovering. There are certain people that are left out of search that are more relevant than other people right. you find in search. Sure. So now we someone has the the dial. Well, someone the can manipulate and weight the scale. Things. They're like, oh, we discovered that Wayne and Mitch do this stuff. So we're going to make them less relevant to other people. And you don't get – Yes. All right, let's do this, Wayne. I got to take a commercial break because these people do pay me some money. Sure. Two minutes. And then we'll come back and we'll finish our discussion and all the great stuff that we're talking about. All right? Awesome. All right. Hang loose there. Here's a word from our sponsors. Looking to market and grow your business? Or perhaps you're just getting started and want to hit the ground running. AWeber is the best choice for online email marketing and automation of your business. From maintaining a subscriber list to drip campaigns and landing pages, AWeber gives you tools and integrations that make marketing easy and fun. As our partner and sponsor, we use all their tools to promote the podcast and market our law firm. AWeber, the best alternative for online marketing. For over 30 years, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has built a thriving community of forward-thinking CEOs and business owners who want to radically improve their companies. Through unique combinations of one-on-one -on -one business coaching, participation in monthly TAB board meetings with other non-competing owners, a suite of strategic tools, and customized strategic planning workshops, TAB membership can deliver greater strength to your business and a better work-life balance for you and your family. All packaged in a streamlined and affordable service that the people at TAB invite you to try risk-free. Maybe you're looking to get into podcasting or you just want to market your business. Maybe you want to do it for enjoyment or because you have a message you want to get out there. One of One Productions is a New Jersey-based studio just over the George Washington Bridge that caters to the booming business of podcasting. They offer a comfortable atmosphere using the latest technology available to record your podcast. And they are a full-service media company offering both audio and video production services, creating both audio and video podcasts, as well as video shorts for business and personal use. Professional audio equipment packages are available through their website for all budgets. And be sure to check out their podcast guesting kit created especially for our listeners. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more about all of our sponsors. And now back to our show. All right, Wayne, thanks for your uh, patience. You could hear those commercials, right, playing? Yeah, yes. And I, before we get started again, I got to tell you something. I have been on network talk shows yeah. that are not as professional <laughs> as what you've got going on here, Mitch. Right. I'm sitting here going, oh, man, I am a, I'm sleeping. Yeah. I, what in the hell am I doing? Yeah, well, I, I appreciate the compliment, but the guys at Riverside FM, uh, I think there's an Israeli group. They're like three or four guys. They, they built this studio and you can play those things. I made the clips, but I can play them. So I used to have the videos where I wouldn't have any of the, I don't edit videos because I'm not too good at that. So 
I just put them up on YouTube, just raw, us talking. Now I can play the opening, the closing, this and that. I edit the other stuff audio, but I appreciate it. That's why I switched to. Well, the fact that you would, no, 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 you got to understand. The fact that you would seek that out. Yeah. The fact that you would put together something and use the tools. See, this is what people don't understand about entrepreneurship. Okay. It's yeah. up to you on how professional you come across. I know. I was just talking to somebody about that, but you got to put the time in at the beginning. And then it's not like, oh, you get to play golf every day because you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. No. In 20 years, you play golf every day when you're an entrepreneur. Right. If you do it right and you put the time in. But I, I appreciate it. Maybe, maybe with your um, support, I can get Riverside to become a sponsor of the podcast. We'll see. <laughs> well, they need to get off their ass because I'm telling you, this is exactly if if if, how, if I made these tools, yeah, this is exactly, right. and I this is how I would imagine, and I can do um, live streaming on here, which is nice. That's why I switched to it. They can do, do live streaming, uh, yeah, all kinds of yeah. Oh, they even transcribe the podcast if you want automatically and just take the transcript. Right. I don't. I, that's something about Melody Clouds. We just. We just transcribe Melody Clouds into 210 languages. Wow. We have subscribers now. We have subscribers now in 114 different countries. Well, so that's, so that's one thing I did not expect. about what Melody Clouds is and how it became about yeah. and the whole thing. Yeah. So um, I have a condition from my time in the military um, called uh, tinnitus uh, or tinnitus. Some people call okay. it tinnitus. And it's a ringing in the ear. And, and in my case, it is a ringing. It is very loud. It makes it very hard for me to hear. Uh-huh. Um, and the quieter the room, um, it's probably why I talk so loud and why I talk so fast. <laughs> so I'm trying because I'm trying to drown out this sound in my head. Um, last year um, in May, uh, a buddy of mine called me over and said, Hey, have you ever heard of binaural beats? Okay. Binaural? Said, no, How do you spell that? B I B. B I N A U R A L. Okay. Beats. Okay. Okay. I had never heard of it. Um, and he goes, Well, here, put these headphones on. I'm going to play some music for you. Now, do headphones so tend to make it worse track. for you? Or the, not, What's that? Do, te- do headphones, earbuds make it worse for you or not? Oh, yeah. The quieter, yeah. The quieter the environment, the worse I can hear the tinnitus. Got it. Okay. Okay. The tinnitus, whatever. Right. All right. So I'm listening to this and. I'm, I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to hear? I, it, I hear a bunch of woo-woo music. That's what I hear. Okay. And I'm I'm not one of those woo-woo guys. Okay. Ethereal, kind of crunchy. Right. Nah, not that me. That's not me. So second, he goes, okay, and pushes another button, plays another track. Still, you know, it's there's no banjo in this. Okay, so <laughs> you know, let's, you know what I mean? Right. Third track, everything is dead quiet. Like all the tonight goes this away? ringing in my ear. Say that again. All the tinnitus goes away. It's gone. Masked. His, I mean, I'm telling you, I heard silence for the first time in 30 years. That. that. Wow. Try to get to sleep with this ringing. I can in your imagine. Ear. Right. You try to have a moment with your wife. You're, you know, yeah. and you got this bl- like blare and things going on in your, your ear while you're trying to listen to everybody else. Exactly. You can't concentrate. What, that's one of the reasons I say, what'd you say? Uh, pardon me? Got Can it. I come again? Can't focus you know what I mean? Have you had this all your life? Ever since getting out of the army. I okay. was in the second signal, but before that I was with an engineer brigade, eighth engineer brigade. Got it. They used a device called a Miklik. It's nice. a C4. It's a rope of C4, hits the ground, explodes and clears mines. So it's a little loud. You hear enough of those. Oh my God! So it caused the ring, <laughs> but it is awesome. If you like explosions, this is your lick, okay? Because it's really so cool. This thing damaged your eardrums, basically. Oh, yeah, of course. And by the way, this is back in the late '80s, early '90s. This is when 3M was providing everybody with ear protection that didn't really work, right? Okay, so this is, and and based because of my MOS, my military occupational specialty, which was 71 Lima. That's an administrative. Uh, job got it okay mm-hmm. um because i'm i'm no dummy again let's go over that <laughs> right. i'm not stupid yeah um i you shoot me i went yeah. in, but but i was attached to these units that did all this high speed stuff got it so you don't get you can't tell an explosion oh no no i'm a 71 lima right i'm in the office don't don't make yeah don't, i'm in the rear with the gear right. how dare there, you? you're gonna hear it right Right, right. The army doesn't think that way. By the way, we're, we, we, this is this is horrible. Any way they can do to get out of it's crazy. All right. He plays this for me, 
and I am weeping. I'm li- I am seriously weeping. Two days later, I buy the domain MelodyClouds.com. A week later, website goes up. We are ready to release our second version of the apps on iPhone and on um, Android. We have seven, eight, 18,000 audiobooks. Some people like being read too. Some yeah. people like reading. 8,000 hours of binaural beats. 8,000 hours of solfeggio. Hundreds and hundreds of hours of lullabies. And I can go into why we chose to do lullabies, but it, th- they're amazing. I have a Hall of Fame uh, disc jockey reading Aesop's Fables to Kids. It's my favorite thing in the whole. Gary Meyer is a stud. I've said it. I'll say it again. (laughs) These stories that we, I thought were lost. You and I, we grew up Aesop's Fables. You know Aesop's Fables. I couldn't find them anywhere. It Something... Reminded me, I couldn't, no one's, no one's using these fables. No one's using these stories. Right. And these stories are all about teaching kids. This is how life works. Fox and the grapes. The fox keeps jumping and trying to get the grapes. And when he can't do it, he walks off saying, ah, the grapes are sour. And the lesson you learn is, hey man, just because you can't achieve it doesn't make it bad. Right. Keep trying and you'll get it. Okay. Anyway, he presents these so brilliantly. We're putting on. We haven't. It's not up yet. And is there music we'll, in the background? Is that? Well, okay. So the binaural beats are for uh, you know. Look, some people really like guided meditation okay. and uh, binaural beats. Um, there's a company called Calm, uh, very similar to doing what we do. Yeah, they have a meditation app, right? Calm. Yeah. It's me- meditation, right? Guided meditation. They do some binaural beats, that kind of stuff. Okay. They sold themselves to Apple last March for two point eight billion dollars. Good sale. Yeah, yeah, not bad. It's a pocket change. Now, yeah. someone said to me the other day, "Here's another lesson. If you're an entrepreneur, you need to listen to this lesson. It's probably the best one." Okay. Someone came to me and said, "Hey, why would I buy your app when Calm? I could get Calm." I said, "I want you to walk into an In and Out." I want you to walk into a fat burger or to a five guys or McDonald's and ask them, why do you sell hamburgers here when every restaurant in the country has a hamburger on the menu? Now shut up and get the hell out of my face. (laughs) That's a crazy thing to say. Right. Someone needs to tell Tommy Hilfiger to stop selling shirts. Ralph Lauren's doing that. Somebody else is doing that. Right. Are you kidding me? There shouldn't be competition. Yeah. Now your You're friend, nuts. your friend who he's, I guess he's your business partner now, right? The binaural beats. No, no. So you no. said we. I stole that from him. That's third. That's another lesson. An entrepreneur. No, I'm right. just kidding. No. no, but he he showed me this and is sitting very close to me most of the time when I'm talking about this. Going, damn, you know what? What have I? What did I do? Did why he, why didn't I do what you did? Is he a scientist? Is he an ear specialist? What what is it? No, he's just look. He's my crunchiest friend. This guy is just know about binaural beats. Someone had shown it to him. Someone, you know, he needed help sleeping or needed help with focus or needed help with grief. Got it. We're working with veterans groups right now. I can physically block grief, find the right frequency for someone, and you can stop their grief for brief periods of time. You can make them not feel so depressed. Now look, it it works differently on every single person, right? But so does Viagra. Well, of course, you know, by varying by, degrees of by, success. Binaural beats—is it a background thing? Like if I'm listening to a book that's being yeah. read, it's about to be a background thing. But right now, the way that it sound, stands, yes. So here's the science behind it. Okay. A frequency goes in one ear, a different frequency goes in your other ear. You're wearing headphones, different frequencies go in each ear. Your brain is an electrical appliance. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And the the your moods are all dictated by different frequencies. Makes sense. Okay? Now, the, those electrical impulses when you when you um put two different uh uh Frequencies in each ear, your brain has to split the difference. Right. 
your brain has to go, whoa, 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 two different things. No, we're going to, we're, I'm going to show up as 48 Hertz, okay. for example. Okay. That is what helps manipulate or give you the ability to take charge of your mood. Okay. The solfeggio works a little bit differently. 11th century monk named Guido di Arezzo, he observed, I don't say discovered, he observed solfeggio. So if you, do you play an instrument? A musical Not instrument? anymore, no. See, I don't. I never have. I'm a horrible singer, right. right? But you and I would both know when a piano is out of tune or a guitar is out of tune or when I sing, I'm going to be out of tune. You would recognize it immediately. That is solfeggio. Our ability to to harmonize with someone who's a great singer, uh-huh. to 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 uh, that to be attractive to us, okay, or to a guitar, or to you know, good when good music that's in tune is played, that uplifts our mood or it manipulates our emotions. Okay, that is solfeggio. Okay, well, with binaural beats though, you're putting different frequencies into your ear. Normally, you're putting the same frequency into your ear, right? Regular music. Yes. Normally, there would be no overlaying track of any frequency. Right. So the the emotional impact would come strictly from the music. Now, we put two frequencies in that track of music. Right. Your brain susses both of those frequencies out, but only presents one frequency. That is what helps you remain focused. You, you've heard the term, he's in the zone. Yeah. Right, he's shooting hoops or whatever. You know, you can actually recreate that for people. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. You can use seven forty one, or you can use um, three ninety six hertz to put someone in the zone, ma- help them maintain their concentration, and it. Yeah. It. it, it but I don't notice some- those frequencies, right? I just hear the music. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah, you yeah. And very quick, very shortly, Melody Clouds will be able to do this for you over any of the music that you listen to. Because right now, binaural beats, you have to you have to license or you have to purchase music that is that doesn't have these beats and then put those beats over it those frequencies over that music. Got it. But very shortly, I'm, I've got a technology that will allow you to listen to Taylor Swift, for example, and become more intuitive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, so it's yeah, not, I'm very it has excited to be like about special, it. specially prepared. It's more it's right more now. Accessible to- yeah. If you go to Melody Clouds now, there are all all this music I have purchased work. from composers that I have placed these beats over. Right. So, so that's that's your most recent business, though, right? Melody Clouds. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So yep. we got. We got the mortgage company, the publishing company. We had the uh, disgusting messes company. We'll call it. That's my friend who has a sort of a pure clean franchise. She said we just clean up disgusting messes. And uh, right. And then um, Melody Cloud. So you, there's a lot of other businesses in there. So give me some examples. You said 14 businesses. Yeah. So I have a, a like I mentioned an adult toy store. Okay. Oh, so um, affiliated and, businesses, right? I remember that. And okay. so that that uh, toy store. Um, is it and I needed a way to advertise that store. See, here's another thing too. You got to think through this kind of stuff. <laughs> so yeah. w- when COVID happened, I kind of I was working for Traveler's Choice Luggage. Okay, I was working for a luggage company in SEO. Okay, content creation, SEO, e-commerce. Working on their website and stuff. They're like okay. working like on their Samsonite. website. They're a luggage company and make they make luggage. They make luggage, very good luggage, and what they do is not only do they sell that luggage, but if your luggage gets lost or stolen while in an airport yeah. or with an airline, that airline contracts with Traveler's Choice, and that's what they get. That's the replacement luggage that you'll be receiving. Okay, so it's Same. very good luggage. Right. It, it just, you know, all right. So when COVID hit, of course, travel stopped. Right. Luggage purchases stopped. Yep. The owner of the company was like, whoa, you know, what are we going to do? I got a PPP loan for him. Okay. Handed over the check. Told him the only thing that you can't do is lay off or fire anyone. This money is for their salaries. Right. Walked into work the next day with everybody else going the other direction with the box in their hand. So he kept the money and let everybody go. 
So I came home and I told my wife, I'm like, oh my God, I got to do something. Because, you know, I, I like you asked me, I, I've worked for other people and I like that job. I love that job. So that day, right. Um, golf tech, it was actually, that. that's one of my only failures, really. If I, and, and it's on my, my, it was my fault. I contracted someone to build a website for me and I started drop shipping, um, training, golf training, not clubs and uh, apparel, right. but golf training equipment, because I'm a very frustrated golfer. Okay. I love to play. I'm horrible at it. <laughs> and so I wanted to get better. And by the way, I'm going to you know help other people get better at, as well. That, that circled the bowl very quickly because w- without thinking about it, I started drop shipping things from other countries, China, Thailand, all of these different places and shipping went right, you know, no. really up. Yeah. So my customers are all getting their product eight weeks after they yeah, ordered. All the it. supply chains broke down. It's horrible. Yeah. So that went the way of the dodo very quickly. But that might have but, been a timing issue though, because if the pandemic hadn't hit. I'm sure that I could have made it right. I'm sure that if I had opened it today, I now know things I did not know then. Got it. My survival. So it's funny because I was having a some drinks with a friend of mine. Right. He asked me this question. What do you think the most searched term on the Internet is? I said, I don't I don't know. Sex. Now, we're a couple gin and tonics in. Yeah. So I, I go, I don't I don't it's know. Sex. It happens to be black cock. So oh, it's very I, specific. Yeah, oh yeah. And and it's by a long shot. It's a good thing there's an adult podcast. Yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> I probably should have, you know. You asked. You asked. Yeah, I you know, whatever. I just guessed. I was close. The happy the, the happy uh, ending to this is I was able to use that for Blackcock survival, Blackcock toys, Blackcock bedding, Blackcock pets. Just putting that there gave me SEO juice that is not to be believed. Okay, it it drove search. It so drove though it was a pornographic dirty search term. You actually made it into not a dirty search. Term. I I have yeah I I had someone make me a rooster perfect uh, logo. Yeah, is amazing right. and it looks awesome. I urge people to go look at this thing. It's freaking awesome. Uh, yeah, so I was able to turn. This, you know, you, in other words, that's another lesson. Yeah, you, I understand. You, you use something to your advantage. Right, you twisted it and said, listen, we can twist it this Put way. Put your own flavor on that. Right, exactly. I love it, I love it, I love it. Yeah. All right, so uh, I, I, I'll tell you what, we could, I mean, I'd spend an hour and I got to eventually go home, but I've, uh, you got a lot of stories and a lot of ideas to share. How do people, can? how can they connect with you, interact with you, learn from you? To read yeah, book? the best way... Um, the best way I think is uh, Melody Clouds right now. Okay. That is where I, I put a lot of my focus. The good news is you were talking about this a little bit earlier, real quick. The, with, with all the automation that we have at our fingertips now, yeah. My inventory is managed by Inventory Source. Okay. My websites. I spend the first week, five days, the first five days of every month, going over and making those little changes to these websites. 14. And each one of them gets a little bit. I look at my Google Analytics and I find out where my soft spots are. And then I make changes to those. And by the way, no one needs to go in and make these massive changes to their website. Right. You make little tiny measurable changes. Right. This is a marathon, it's not a sprint. Right. So the first five days, I operate 14 businesses in the first five days of the month. Everything else is automated, and I have plenty of time to do this kind of stuff, see my kids, whatever, and deal with Melody Clouds. Nice. And by the way, Melody Clouds, we haven't even released the apps, and we are absolutely killing it right now That's great. Um, subscription-wise. Great. Yeah, so that requires more of your attention because it's an infant business. Right now, right now. yeah, right now. And I have another business that I'll be starting once I get comfortable that this is, you know, really Melody Clouds is where it needs to be or is close. Yeah. I'll probably either a bring someone in and manage some of this stuff, help me out, or I will um, 
I will uh, start another business and just try and automate sure, as why best not? I can. Start another business. I mean, you know, what do yeah, for well until I own them all. Yeah, they you know conquer the world. <laughs> that concept of, of making small changes that has a big impact is a Japanese term. It's like Kaizen or something like that. Um, and yeah. there's been studies of you know all kinds of big things in life where you know in cities, major cities, things that were going on, they made one little change and it made all the difference. So there's a lot to two times in this whole span, only two times, by the way. We've been doing this for months and months and months and years now. Have I ever touched something that was like a third rail was like a, you know, I made a change that a physical shock went through that business. Only two times. Mostly mostly it's not even noticed. Most of them have improved, 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 but there have been two (laughs) times. My hair, you you see my lack of hair. I pull (laughs) my hair out. I don't shave my head. I pull it out. But in, in those two times, I was pulling hair out, man. I was like, oh, my God, what did I do? What did I do? <laughs> but those are lessons learned, right? Yes. And now I know don't touch that. Absolutely. Don't well, touch that. Wayne, I can't thank you enough for spending the time with me coming on the podcast. And uh, I look forward to keeping in touch and continue to learn from you. And I'm, uh, I'll am i hit the closing credits now if you got any <laughs> final closing words. People out there need to take the word out of their vocabulary. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I personally can't hear it. So they need to take that out. And, and you know what I mean? Maybe not now, maybe not yet. Eventually. Sounds good. Never. We'll leave it there. All right. All right, Wayne. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the accidental entrepreneur opening and closing music written and performed by Howie Moscovich and made to order music. For information about Howie and his music services, please follow the link in our show notes. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most of the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and feel free to share our episodes on social media. If you have any questions or comments, ideas for the show, or you'd even like to appear as a guest, reach out to us by email at info at The Accidental Entrepreneur is hosted by Mitch Beinacker and produced by Beinacker Law. If you'd like to learn more about our business and legal services, you can find us on social media or visit our website at BeinackerLaw.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our feed to be notified of all future episodes.